0: Oh no, some scary clowns wouldn't water all my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can not save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling! Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics?
1: Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card
0: games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Nevada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you. For barbecues.
1: Can't be beat. Try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try a new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue and Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ.
0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my right is... James. Hey, James. How's it going? Pretty good. good. We're going, like, old school style this week. We are. Um, so if it sounds like crap, it's not our fault. Yeah, it's because Brad's not here because he's off making a movie. It's a yeah. porn. It's w- <laughs> He's not in it, though. It's he's called The filming. Casting Couch. It's about a young girl trying to make it into the movie business, and the only way she can get in the movie business is by fucking the director. I want to make it entirely so. clear
1: that I have never seen this movie and have no intentions of watching it.
0: <laughs> I just want the, I know, don't know why,
1: James. I, I don't. Um, I, you know, I, I'm trying to be careful about what I put out on the internet. That's that's all I'm saying.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not. I don't care what's on the internet about me. <laughs> you uh, know, usually, but the point
1: is, the point is, Brad took all of our good equipment with him, so now we sound like shit. Yeah. So thanks, Brad. What a dick. Totally. I can't believe it. Man, one more episode where you're going to be able to hear the cat running around in the background. <laughs> yeah. Will be
0: a special appearance by Mia the cat. Yeah. But for once, when Laura chimes in, and she should, uh, you'll actually be able to hear her. Yeah, because like usual, you know, we got these mics that aren't directional. It's hey, we pick up everything. Yeah. Anyways, usually right now we dive into some fan mail. We got a lot of fan mail this week. It was uh, pertaining to our Sully episode and some of the stuff we wrote about him. Um, so I won't really get into it. But I want to thank everybody for sharing nice words with us. And yeah, it was really sweet. It was nice, but I will uh, share that I got the bracelets in for Sully's fundraiser we're going to do. They are so pretty friggin' cool. They are. They're really cool. So pay attention um, to our Facebook and Twitter, and I will tweet out as soon as I figure out the logistics of where you can donate money to his family. Yeah. Uh, you you have to forgive us a little. We're not
1: used to doing this kind of stuff, and we weren't totally prepared. So it's taken us a little bit while to um, get everything straightened out, but...
0: Well, it took happen. like two weeks for the bracelets to come in. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Yeah, but I have 200 uh, of them, so <laughs> let's make sure that we you know we get some money for his family. Yeah. Uh, so, since uh, no fan mail this week, thank you to everybody who sent us something that was really nice. We appreciate it. Um, I kind of want to keep those ones private. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: We were supposed to get someone from a guy I know named Dan who was going to call in with a good question, but he didn't. So, I'll just... Keep encouraging him, and maybe next week.
0: Yeah, Dan, calling with something, and we'll we'll address it. So now we'll just get into some box office numbers. This is the box office stats. Surprise, James, the Dark Ice Knight. won again. It did. It oh, did. oh
1: man, man, yeah. that movie is a real, real train. You it know? is.
0: You can't stop it. You want to stop it, but you can't. Yeah. You, you don't have Spider-Man you, swinging you want to just... webs against buildings to stop it You want to
1: just throw yourself against those rails and let it roll right over you. Absolutely.
0: Uh. Um, So, no, Dark Knight Rises one again with 62 million. Not really surprising. I'm actually surprised how much it fell. Um, Yeah. I thought it'd hold up a little better. Well,
1: I I think, you know, part of why Dark Knight stayed on top so long was just because it surprised some people, And, and this one... Is not going to surprise people yeah, as much. Yeah, so. and I
0: think uh, Heath Ledger's performance is so captivating that yeah, it made it uh, worth. You kind of want to see it more than once. Um, the movie we saw, The Watch, did only 13 million. Oh, so. I forgot
1: that was even last week. Maybe. I know, right?
0: So that one um, is not going to do very well. I think it was budgeted at like 90 million or something. So tough one. Maybe uh, Ben Siller should go back to doing Zoolander. I don't know. Well, he's been trying so hard for so long <laughs> to do that. So thank you Box Office Mojo for supplying us with the box office numbers. Yahoo! So now it's time for DVD releases and Blu-rays.
1: DVD releases and Blu-rays.
0: Nothing's coming out. The Lorax is coming out is really uh. the biggest one. Um Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity comes out. I like both those movies. Yeah. Dude, I won't uh, buy them a on Blu- Blu-ray,
1: but... Um, <laughs> I would probably buy a Blu-ray of High Fidelity. I That is one of my favorite romantic comedies.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. Ah, I learned something new about James today. That
1: movie... It's because that movie has a fourth act. You know, most movies, like, a, a guy like that, he has his little adventure, and he learns his lesson, but that movie has that tacked on little bit where he gets tested again and proves that he learned that lesson about, like, getting back together with his r- girlfriend and... and that cotton underwear
0: are actually attractive. That movie's great. No, I do love some of the moments in it. I love uh, when he broke up with his girlfriend and he's walking in and he says, is that fucking Peter Gabriel? And I I love it. (laughs) And uh, when Ben, I mean, not Ben, uh, Jack Black goes off about why Evil Dead 2 is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. It's classic. Because then he goes into this whole spiel about how uh, John Cusack's character looks and is dressed. And he says, and I'll tell you one more thing, man. That's a fucking Cosby sweater. A Cosby sweater! <laughs> and that was way before uh, Jack Black really blew up. So. Oh, and Tim
1: Robbins is so good in that movie. The but point is, is, you should if you've yeah. never seen High Fidelity, man, run, don't walk.
0: Please do. So, hey, thank you. Um, where do we go? DigitalBits.com for all your DVD release art. And uh, you can click on it and go straight to... This uh, to Amazon and order from them, and you'll support digital bits by doing that. Remember, Amazon has great prices. I don't know why you even order from anywhere else. I, I don't. I did, yeah, I don't pay taxes at Amazon. That's why I, I do it. Sorry, I'm still looking through. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I really, I don't. Not no, what I really, you're trying to see. I don't know why you don't believe
1: me. Oh, well, there's a Blu-ray release of, of Clue. No, I was really hoping there'd be a shark movie in here somewhere. You know, like yeah, Mega Shark versus Sand Sharks. That'd be cool. No, it is Shark
0: Week. It so is shark. Week. This is definitely when they should release them, but there isn't. I don't know why you keep on looking. I don't know why he doesn't believe me.
1: Ah, uh, hope springs eternal. Oh, there's some girls gone wild. All right. Nice. Well, I guess that's
0: when I give up. <laughs> so, James, let's unspool some real news. It's real news. This is my favorite part. I know, because it's, like, your part. It's the thing you do and you bring to the table yeah, so much. this is the
1: part where I get everybody bored and they stop listening. Hey, guess what? Do you like uh, How I Met Your Mother? I love How I Met Your Mother. Do you know how much music there is in How I Met Your Mother? Tons of music. Well, apparently there's enough for a CD. They're putting I, out a soundtrack. Could I
0: be more excited?
1: Uh, yes, but you are very, very excited. I am excited for that.
0: <laughs> uh, because, you know, I love... Uh, the uh, nothing suits me like a suit. I actually mm-hmm. downloaded that from iTunes. I also like when um, Ted goes uh, shows Barney on the first date or romantic date, and they, you know, sit in the booth, and the booth dissolves away. And they, oh yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant part too. And I'm sure there'll be some Robin Sparkles on it. Would be my oh yeah, yeah, all the
1: Robin Sparkles stuff is going to be on there. There's going to be a full length produced version of the Bang Bang a Bangity Bang song, <laughs> nice. which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's weird because I haven't looked forward to a soundtrack in a while, mm-hmm. so it's weird to even be talking about this,
0: but uh, I think it's pretty cool. And um, my, my wife loves those kind of movie, I mean, TV shows where there's laugh tracks in them. Yeah. She can't get enough of them. <laughs>
1: What's funny is this is the week where you can actually defend yourself and say, oh, no, I don't. Those things are pieces of crap. And yet, silence. <laughs> um, Ryan have you ever read uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast I, I think back when this first got rumored um, but I can't remember
0: what you said have you ever read The Days of Future Past? I have is it good? yeah I mean the thing with um, my my biggest pet peeve with X-Men is it's so convoluted and there's so many different timelines oh. that um, it's hard to follow this is like kind of one of the first ones that did it and it, it's pretty cool I mean it deals with uh, Weapon X Wolverine and yeah. Kitty Pride. So
1: basically, this week, Brian Singer confirmed that the sequel to X-Men First Class is going to be an interpretation of the days of Future Past. That's probably that, even going to be the subtitle. I,
0: I do think it'd be cool if the X-Men were hunted down by the Sentinels. I think that'd be really sweet.
1: Yeah, if they can get some of that stuff in there, that would be neat. Um, but you you hit the nail on the head as far as what concerns me about this. Like, As soon as you start taking this into alternate re- universes and like traveling through time and stuff, I kind of don't understand why you're not just telling it. In the present, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's because, while well, they've set this up as something that takes place in the past, from the series that we've already seen, so it's got to be a sequel to the prequel, so if we want to yeah. get... It's just, I, I think... If, it I, sounds like
0: too much. And it sounds like they're kind of just going because everyone loves that X-Men yeah. story. Yeah, I'm afraid of that, so, too. So, I, I mean, if they get... I mean, if I guess they get, you know, Hugh Jackman to be Wolverine in it, and he's protecting Kitty Pride after all the other X-Men are killed, Yeah, I think that'd actually be pretty sweet, but... Um, we'll see. And it's, it's something that, like,
1: they've been working on it for a while, it's not like they're rushing it, so I should have faith, um, and you X-Men know, for, or First Class was really good, so. Yeah,
0: I was worried, because I thought First Class was going to be terrible. Oh, really? I didn't, yeah, and oh, then man. I, then I watched it, and it's my favorite X-Men movie, actually. That so. was, that was one of our first reviews. It is. Yeah. That and Super 8. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I'm, it's almost like non-news, because we kind yeah. of knew this was
0: going to happen, but. Uh, you know that's what I'm I've noticed still very with um, a lot of Marvel is they're kind of gravitating towards really popular storylines. Yeah, I mean Captain America too is the Winter Soldier, which is an amazing storyline. Yeah, which you can actually I'm surprised didn't catch the setup from the end of Captain America the first one, and and then even Thor with the Dark World. I mean they're kind of taking well known comic stories yeah. and villains, and which makes total sense. I, I was listening to. Um fat man on
1: batman this week for the first mm-hmm. time and uh, i was listening to that mark hamill episode that he did which was awesome by I the I way love mark and hamill. they they kept talking about like how frustrating it was especially when um when kevin smith was getting hired to do superman he was like you know why don't you guys just go get the guys who write great stories about these characters in the mm-hmm. first place you know and marvel is the one that's finally doing that uh yep. where they're, they're going and getting and now dc is too but just the fact that hollywood in general is Going to comic book writers and being like, hey, you guys actually understand these characters and have written them for so long that some of the stories that you've written are really good and could be good movies. Like, why don't we just adapt that? Um, and which makes my... so much more sense than just like, here, we're going to make this movie where a guy has
0: a cape. Yeah, um, and, you know, that's my biggest um, misunderstanding, I think, of people in comic books in general, is they always think they're so just, you know, juvenile and uh, things like that. But I think if people actually read them, they'd understand the com- complexity of the characters. And the real yeah. cool uh, conflicts they, they're in. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, that actually leaves, leads perfectly into the fact that Marvel has been in talks. You know, Marvel is owned by Disney. ABC is owned by Disney. It was not a long time before somebody started saying, hey, how about we make a Marvel TV show? Uh, and basically, what they're talking about is they're, they're thinking about making a. A show that would sort of be along the lines of the comic book series Marvels, which really mm-hmm. follows like the people on the ground, the people living in New York when New York has a bunch of superheroes in it, and so mm-hmm. some of the superheroes would make cameos and things like that. Probably not the big name actors. Maybe maybe they get R D J for the pilot or something like that, <laughs> just to get people to watch. But uh, but for the most part, it would just be about like news reporters or things like that. They, there's very little detail on what it is so far. But
0: well, I, I will say that. Uh, Lately, the best spinoff books from Marvel events have been for Civil War. is called Frontline, which is a bunch of reporters who are reporting on the superheroes fighting. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was, and it was really good. Um, and the Marvels is the same thing. It's a reporter who follows a story of certain superheroes. Um, so, yeah, it could and That work. could be cool. And if you
1: get the CG in there so that you can just, like, see superheroes at a distance and their actual
0: like character arcs aren't related to the show that could be really cool well um, and i lent you that uh well I, for your birthday i got you the pulse which is about uh a, a reporter following the green goblin and spider-man yeah and, a murder and that's mystery. a good
1: man so um, i think it could work yeah it, it sounds more interesting to me than most of the shows that they do in the fall um you know we're starting Dude, to see all the trailers yeah, what kind of is
0: new. that one where they're in a submarine
1: oh gosh What's yeah what that? was that today I hadn't seen, I had not seen that trailer before, and it
0: looks atrocious, it's terrible. I mean, eventually uh, they're gonna have to get out of the submarine, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess so. I forget the name of it. Pre, it's Scott pre Speedman, lost. yeah. Oh yeah, why? Why is Scott Speedman in that? What has Scott Man. Speedman done since Underworld? Though I don't even know anything he's in. None of the Underworld sequels, I'll tell you that. Well, no, he's, he's, I guess he's, he's in, in the second, second one. one, and then the, and the fourth one is weird. They had him at the beginning from previous movies. And then they had a stand-in. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, uh, yeah,
1: no. I, and, like, the trailer for Revolution, which is coming out, the new J.J. J. J. Abrams show, mm-hmm. it looks okay, but it, it rings very much like a Terra Nova or, um, what was that other one that they did last year that was like, yeah, okay, you're doing, like, like a post-apocalyptic thing, but it's not, it's not working. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't watch um, TV
0: very much anymore. That's Okay. Network TV, it's, I should yeah. say. I, I,
2: yeah, you, know, you watch ESPN constantly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I mean, like, I, I'm talking of I'm talking about like shows on TV. Yeah,
1: like if
2: they, and it. Say, if they don't have Gordon Ramsay, and Ryan's
1: not interested. Anything that comes out on network television, I could care less about at this point. Except how your mother <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. Um, <laughs> but that that it feels like a remnant. Like, I don't think that network television has produced anything in the last maybe four years that I really care I about. Agree. Terrier, well, no, Terriers was USA. Or FX, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't even think of what I what I watch on network television that's any good. Agreed. Um, anyway, back to movies. <laughs> uh, this week, there there's some rumblings now that Ridley Scott really wants to move forward with Prometheus two. The the studios think that it made enough money that they're gonna go ahead and do it. Um, but Damon Lindelof, especially since we talked about a couple weeks ago, he's signed on for a TV show, may not be available to do the script on this one, and so they may move forward without him. Um, which some people, I'm sure, are ecstatic about because uh, people would love to get Damon Little off off of every project that he's on. But uh, I'm I'm a little disheartened by it. I, yeah. I I'm kind of hoping that he'll be involved, maybe just as a producer, um, even if he doesn't write the script himself. But uh, still, the fact that we're getting a sequel to that movie is cool
0: to me. Yeah, they sh- I mean they should make a sequel because yeah. I think you're right. You know, when you you hit it on the head when we did the review. How cool would it be to have a girl and her robot friend go fight aliens. I think that sounds badass. Like,
1: don't even... Like, I think it would be a mistake if they tried to follow the Xenomorph in the sequel. Like, just go into space, and, like, maybe you run into some other kind of space monster. Like, just have a space adventure movie. That sounds great and exciting and fresh.
0: Well, you know, she's... I mean, she's tracking down those godlike guys. Yeah. And they're gonna still have
1: black goo, and they're still, Mm -hmm. you know, like... Or they're gonna have some planet where they got spiky dog creatures that chase you down corridors. I don't care. I just want girl and her robot go through space. That sounds awesome. And it's something that I've never seen before. You should write uh, the comic book, Girl and Her Robot. Girl and Her Robot. I, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, this is the biggest piece of like legitimate journalism that we have. Um, so, the guy who's the CEO of Time Warner, his name is Jeff Burke... Buk, Buk, anyway... Jeff, um, (laughs) in an interview with his shareholders at Time Warner, said this week that basically people who are cutting the cord, people who are trying to go without cable, don't exist. He straight up said that that's not even a thing. It's not a trend that no one is doing. Um, Brian, do you know anybody who has actually cut the cable who doesn't have cable anymore? No. I do. You do? I know a handful of people, and I know people who are desperate to do it. Um, I, in fact, like if I moved out of my parents' house right now, uh, as much as I made fun of my brother for doing it years ago, I wouldn't have cable. Um, I would find ways around it. Uh, even, even the shows that I really, really love, I could wait. It's not worth paying for. Um, if like his, the whole conversation here came out of him saying that at no point is HBO going to be interested in, uh, releasing a version of HBO Go that doesn't require you to have a membership in HBO through your cable subscription. Because uh, if they did that, then everybody like me who really wants to watch the newsroom would just pay for that. Um, instead of, I don't know, stealing it, which HBO doesn't even really care about because they think the people stealing their shows is such a small margin that they're not actually losing any money. Um, but it it's so... It feels like anti progress. You know? It feels like mm-hmm. these people rather than fighting the fact that the internet is going to change their business styles and that they need to figure out, like, okay, what is it that consumers actually want and how can we shape our service to match that in a way where we make lots of money, um, they're just fighting it constantly. If they were to do a thing where it was like, Okay, you can actually pick and choose the channels you want and you know, even if it was like, okay, it's only going to save me $20, and that is disproportionate, like I'm paying more per channel than I would be if I got the whole bulk thing, I would probably still do that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, in that case, you're still making me subscribe to your cable subscription, which I'm not going to do. Um, it it feels
0: ignorant and old-man-ish. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, it, there has to be a time when it just... I, I mean, I know you don't like Hulu, but now Hulu gives you the opportunity to watch... Like uh, three minutes of commercials and then watch your show yeah. uninterrupted. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I do like that. And I mean, that's – I don't know why they don't start doing that on regular TV, that you
1: can on-demand it. And I, I've been thinking lately I need to – you know, I torrent a lot of stuff. I'm just yeah, – anyway. <laughs> um, And I've been thinking lately I need to make a point to try and not for a while. Like, see how successful I could be at not. You know, for one thing, I, like, on a Thursday night, I go home and I tell my computer to download Louie and to download Wilfred, but I don't watch it till the next day, which means if that stuff's on Netflix or it's on Hulu or if it's on Amazon Prime the next day, I could just watch it there, you know? Um, And if it's only, if it's cheap, then I might as well do it there. You know, Amazon's not making any money off of this. This is the point where I don't know why Amazon doesn't do something like, and probably it's because they don't have the rights to. Um, but they ought to do something like say, okay, if you pre-order the Blu-ray for this TV show, we'll just give you rentals of this show. You know, And maybe you pay full price. Maybe you pay the $60 for the whole season, which is crazy, but you get the, the, the mm-hmm. uh, rentals of that. That, to me, makes so much more sense. And you probably would be making money hand over fist uh, rather than doing this this shit the way they're doing it now anyway and it just seems stupid for him to go out and to inve- his investors and be like there's absolutely no one in the world who's cutting cable because I know for a fact that's not true <laughs> I know for a fact it's not true
0: well that's just like saying there's no one in the world who doesn't drink and drive yeah I mean, well yeah <laughs> yeah
2: well and I think
1: Yeah. And then and the, you know, you figure out ways around it and I'm gonna go ahead and guess that that guy does not know a lot of broke people. Yeah, that's that's true. The, the CEO yeah. of of uh of Time Warner doesn't know a lot of broke college students <laughs> who aren't paying for cable. You're right. Um but those people are the young people who when they move out on their own, they're gonna still not necessarily need cable. You know, or they're gonna find ways to get around it. Um the, the the current generation of people who are becoming consumers are tech-savvy people who understand that, you know, I don't really need the Science Channel because my Roku box gets TED Talks for free, and that is just as entertaining as the Science Channel and probably more educational. Um, it's that kind of stuff where it's like, why don't you just adapt to this rather than fight it? Um, but anyway, it's a conversation we're going to have for years to come, begrudgingly. Yep. Also, there's some rich dude trying to build Jurassic Park. I'm just going to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah,
0: I, I saw a little that article. <laughs> he, is he Is he harvesting dinosaur d- dino no. DNA from uh, <laughs> mosquitoes? Because that'd be awesome. No,
1: I don't even know how they're getting the dino DNA. And he, he flat out denies it, but it's like the story was there was some insider who says, like, yeah, no, this guy's got a lot of money and he's throwing it around in stupid places and is talking to the people who cloned Dolly years ago and trying to figure out... How could you clone a dinosaur? I don't care. I'm rooting for this guy. I think it's totally. a great That'd idea. Be awesome.
0: When I was a kid, I loved uh, Mr. DNA mm-hmm. <laughs> on Jurassic Park. I still love it. <laughs> what an amazing way to do exposition in a movie <laughs> exactly. and be
1: so straightforward about it. It's brilliant.
2: But has he he spoken to a geneticist? Does he know how that works? No. no, I took that
0: class,
1: and I could tell you that it probably isn't that simple. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. uh, The article uh, does say... It's that simple
0: because I want to see a (laughs) T-Rex.
1: Yeah. The article did say something like, you know, well, scientists are telling him that they would need, like, 100,000 dinosaur cells in order to successfully clone one of those dinosaurs, and there probably aren't 100,000 dinosaur cells left anywhere. Um except for except for inside of the mosquitoes. I
0: don't think they've thought of that and yet. amber. Did they check John Hammond's cane, I have that's some all am- <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have some amber at my house. They could have they could have some of that. There's a little flex in it. That might be DNA. I don't know. But that had decayed over millions and millions of years. No, no, no. no. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's just, still perfectly viable, good. Even though it's proteins held together by hydrogen bomb. Laura, let I us have a dream. <laughs> I just need to see dinosaurs in my lifetime. That's all I'm saying. Oh
0: man. Anyway, that's the news. Awesome, great news, James. Appreciate it. Oh, oh, actually, there's something I forgot. Oh, it is a sad news. You went the whole week without doing sad news. No, 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 I'm
1: not doing any more sad news. There's about by the time you hear this, there's going to be about four more days left in the Kickstarter for Wild uh, Zach Zach Howard's Wild Blue Yonder. Um, they need like another thousand dollars or so. Um, so just go, give them five bucks. Go ahead and like, it's like pre-ordering your first issue of that book. It's going to be great. Give them five bucks. Make that book happen. It's going to be cool. I'm sure they're going to make it, because they've already raised $11,000. One more, man. It's not that much. You know
0: what's a great segue? What? To the comic corner. We go. That one. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. You know what, James? In days like this, where we both don't have a comic book, I just I, forgot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig into my back issues. Oh, yeah? I'm going to tell people to pick up, shockingly, a Spider-Man story. Oh, no way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell them to pick up one that maybe got forgotten about in the early 90s when the huge uh, comic book boom came about, which it shouldn't be. It's the Spectacular Spider-Man number 200. Why this one is so um, special to me is it's well, it's the death of the second Green Goblin, which is Harry Osborn. Yeah. And to me, this... <laughs> I mean, you it's, can't it's, spoil a book that's that old. Yeah, it's 20 And it years happened
1: old. in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, uh,
0: but not... Uh, Spider-Man 3 didn't do it justice. Um. Anyways, Ooh. so... um, Everybody knows that Harry Osborn became the Green Goblin after he saw his father die in a battle with Spider-Man. Um, what Um, is really explored in this and what J.M.D. Matisse does really well... I think that's how you pronounce his last name. If not, I'm sorry, J.M. Uh, J. I, I think it is, yeah. Um, so, anyways... They kind of, uh, Harry Osborne's always been on the verge of insanity because he experimented with drugs and he always wanted to win his father's approval. Even after his father was dead, he always tried to live up to his father's expectations of being Spider Man's ultimate villain. And he developed a goblin formula that was better than his father's and made him stronger than Spider Man. Oh, man. So the whole story is about how he's stalking and, um, Provoking Peter Parker, but not wanting to fight him, and it's a big psychological warfare thing. If you don't know about JMD Matisse is he also wrote Craven's Last Hunt and uh. a couple other ones like that? So he has a really big um, uh, and the Child Within, which is one of my favorite stories too. Psychologically, he loves playing with those kind of characters. Um, so they just it just keeps on building, and he even kidnaps Mary Jane at one point. And he tells her, no matter what happens between the Green Goblin and Spider-Man, I'll never hurt you. Basically telling her that he would never do to her what his father did to Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Um, And so it builds to uh, a huge battle with him and uh, Spider-Man and Green Goblin at the Osborn Foundation, a building that he built in his father's name to give money to underprivileged children. And they were having a party there, and he didn't know that Mary Jane and his little boy fell asleep in the party like in a different room and so him and Spider-Man are fighting and he pokes Spider-Man with a, a poison dart and Spider-Man can't stand anymore and he's going to blow up this town home with him and Spider-Man in it because the only way that either one of them will have any peace if they're both dead is Harry Osborn's reasoning behind yeah. it and then he hears um, his son downstairs and Spider-Man can't move, he's paralyzed and he says, Harry, you're the one who has to save them because I can't do it I'm I'm worthless to you so he jumps on his goblin glider and grabs him and goes a- and takes him outside and puts him down and Mary Jane looks at him crying she's like what about Peter you're just going to leave Peter in there and then there's some great art by my favorite Spider-Man artist Sal Basuma. no no dialogue is it's a far away shot of the town home then it's closer and closer and the goblin busts through carrying Spider-Man out and he he puts him down and Spider-Man's still woozy and he says you know Peter I did it just like you I'm the hero today and then he collapses because the Green Goblin formula that he made, uh, his heart couldn't take it. So his heart gave out. And Aww. so he dies. And then no, there's no dialogue for the last three pages. Just wonderful art Aww. of Spider-Man holding uh, Harry Osborn's hand. And when he dies, um, Spider-Man like, puts his head down. And then it goes to these little um, snapshots of when they were kids as best friends. Dude, it's brilliant. Aww. It's a great story. So you should pick up Spectacular Spider-Man 200. The good news is is that was a time when they printed, like, millions of copies of those issues. Oh, yeah. So you can pick that up at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for $3. So, <laughs> and it's uh, one of the most brilliant Spider-Man stories. And oh, man. You should pick it up. Spectacular well, Spider-Man 200.
1: Well, while we're talking about comics, I want to derail this for a second. Have you been reading any before Watchmen?
0: Uh, you no, know, I haven't read it yet, but I picked up you both picked issues up. of The Minutemen.
1: Oh, Okay. Because uh, I finally got around to like they're okay they're kind of hit and miss and it's one of those things where it's like I understand the people who hate it because they don't want anybody to touch Watchmen but they're not touching Watchmen they're just taking those characters that we love and telling some fun stories with them uh, and if you if you look at it that way I think they can they can be enjoyed they're just not going to be masterpieces like Watchmen but anyway uh, I finally read the Night Owl one which it's written by J Michael Straczynski uh, and at first it's really it's pretty cool mm-hmm. I'm liking it but then at the end this thing happens rorschach shows up and i'm like oh yeah cool i'm gonna get some rorschach jms does not have any clue how to write rorschach dialogue it's <laughs> awful it's every time that rorschach says anything i'm like no nah. and he throws herms in in the wrong places way
0: overuse oh it's so bad uh, i have i told you my um distaste for jms i don't really like him um he wrote spider-man for i'm gonna say nine years mm-hmm. so, maybe not that long maybe five years and at the start, he introduced his character named Ezekiel. And Ezekiel had the same powers as Spider-Man. And he said, you weren't bitten by accident. You were chosen because of who you are to be a spider-like powers. Interesting. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Maybe, you know, they're taking a different way, a different Spider-Man mythos. That's cool. Yeah. Um, he also introduced a villain, Morlin, who was really powerful and up killing Peter Parker. I hated that part. But the one part that I'll never ever forgive him for, and I have no idea, they reconned, uh, retconned all of Spider-Man for the past 20 years because they didn't want him to be married. Yeah. Um, But one story they decided not to do that for is he had Norman Osborn have an affair with Gwen Stacy. To me, that was the (laughs) biggest character assassination of any character in Spider-Man mythos. And I was really hoping beyond everything that that story was going to go away after they totally rebooted Spider-Man because you didn't hear anything about it for the longest time, the first four years, and then they did this American Sun miniseries. Oh, there shows up Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn's kids. I'm like, really? Of all the things you do, you bring back Harry Osborn for no reason? Yeah. But you're going to leave that terrible story? Ugh. So I'm still crossing my fingers that Dan Slott has something up his sleeve for <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 700. That's my new goal is they're going to get rid of that stupid storyline.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never been crazy about him, but... And I'll probably still read The Next Night Owl, but it's not as good as the Silk Spectre book. It's uh, Silk Spectre is a fun book, so people heard. should check that one out. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Anyways, so that's it for comics. So now we'll go into stuff we've been watching.
1: So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: I didn't watch too much this week. I did watch, um, Bad again, and that movie's awesome. Yeah. Um... I just I don't know I got like in a Jonah Hill thing because you know we saw him in The Watch and he which he stole so. yeah <laughs> yeah um, but that movie is amazing um, you forget how funny the kids are in it and yeah and it's like that early Emma Stone mm-hmm. uh, movie Where that, she's, uh, she's, she's well it's her first movie and yeah. she still has like charisma in. oh yeah and then when you see her as Gwen Stacy oh,
1: like I, I remember walking out of that movie and like out of all of those people being so impressed by her. Um, yep. Also, she's super cute, so it's hard not to be. But um, yeah,
0: man, that movie, I haven't seen it. I don't even own it. I should. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. And I, just one day, I'm like, you know, what? I feel like watching Super Bad yeah. because it's really funny. And I, I love the credits at the beginning where it's them dancing to. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. It kind of looks like the 80s kind of credits. So. Yeah. Oh, that movie is so weird. <laughs> that movie's badass. And then um, I don't know if you've seen this movie. Um, but it's called Comic Book the Movie. And the reason I... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mar- I haven't seen it, but I heard Mark Hamill talking about it. Um, It's because it's written and directed by Mark Hamill. And uh, I'll have to let you borrow it. It's actually the Comic-Con movie before the real Comic-Con. Because uh, it's shot in 2005, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And Mark Hamill plays this uh, history teacher. Is it history teacher? My, uh, I think it is a history teacher. Um, And he's shooting a documentary about how... He's now the consultant on this old comic book called uh, Captain Commando. Uh, Commander, Captain... Fuck, I can't remember his name.
1: Some kind of Captain yeah. America. Album. Yeah, so
0: it's basically a Captain America. Mm-hmm. But it got rebooted as Codename Commander or something like that. And so he's dark and violent and, and he's trying really hard um, to get... The old school vibe from it but you know the movie studio wants to shoot as hardcore and uh, darker and so it's him going around to san diego comic-con and in it is just a bunch of uh voice actors billy west is in it arlene sorkin who's harley quinn's in it dude um just a bunch of his friends and there's some really funny bits and I mean it's not like the greatest movie but it's still kind of fun Stan Lee's in it Bruce Campbell's in it Hugh Hefner's in it oh. and it's him interviewing these people it, it's it's kind of clever and my favorite joke in it is actually that his cameraman is just this goofy guy and he says oh man you should come check out my band we're a cover band for Warrant Subpoena <laughs> <I think laughs> It funny um, oh. uh, but yeah you should check it out it's just a kind of and what really struck me interesting is um they get to the Comic Con and they're talking about it and the lady who's showing them around says, Yeah, we have, we're expecting about fifty to sixty thousand people this year and wow. you just realize how big it's gotten in seven years. Yeah. Where it's a 125,000, whatever the Somewhere the cap is. It's crazy now. And uh so it's kind of interesting. And
1: uh That's funny 'cause what what year did you guys go? Was it two thousand eight? Two thousand eight. Oh, okay. So it's not that much longer before
0: no. you guys went. No. And so I mean, like I s you know, me and Brad went and we got tickets. A month before. Yeah. Literally got him and showed up. And It's insane how much that thing is blown up. It, it is. It's crazy. So it's kind of fun to go back and see it. And Mark Hamill really sells it. And um, and if you've listened to his Fat Man on Batman, his two parts that he was on, is amazing. Oh, man. I didn't know he had so much, so much passion for comics. Like, yeah. I thought he just did that comic book movie to be kind of silly, but I didn't know he had that much passion for comic books. That thing
1: is so amazing. And it's funny because even Kevin Smith makes a comment like, you know it's really impressive that yeah he he could interview somebody who actually makes kevin smith shut up for that long <laughs> yeah you know like mark hamill just goes and tells these awesome stories yeah oh, man that was so much fun so totally yeah got me hooked it's, on podcast. Uh, it's uh it's
0: a it's really cool um so yeah i should check it out it's called comic book the movie a really small movie and cool. it's uh it's just a doc like a fake documentary but also a documentary about comic-con it's It's kind of fun. And Bruce Campbell's in it. While we're on it, did you listen to this
1: week's Fat Man on Batman? I haven't. Because I listened to that one because he talks about... Or, I guess, no, I guess maybe it's last week's. It's wherever the one where they actually review Dark Knight Rises. Oh, with uh, Mosier?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I listened to that one. Because
1: I listened to it because they talk about the Aurora shooting at the beginning, and I just want to hear that part. But then, of course, the whole, like, three-hour review that they do between the two podcast episodes is basically just him telling Mosier every scene in the movie in sequence. Which was... Both ridiculous and stupid
0: and really entertaining. Yeah, he did that, too, for uh, when they did the Harry Potter one. Oh, yeah.
1: because <laughs> the Mosher Harry Potter like, one, Scott Mosher is really almost, like, because Mosher saw it, too, mm-hmm. and, of course, is a big fan of the book, so, like, they're bouncing off each other. This one, it's really like listening to Kevin Smith tell me about that, like, tell me what happens
0: to that movie. Yeah. Is it it was just like, silly. Like, F.
2: Parker when he sees
1: a movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cool. So that's that's all I saw this week. I've uh, cool. been really busy unfortunately. So,
1: no, that's fine. Busy's good. Um first of all, I went and saw well, first of all, the Olympics have started mm. and that of course is any time that I'm home, I just turn the TV on and watch the Olympics and it's it's entertaining. It's crazy how like all um They'll they'll bring up like hey next we're gonna do men's beach volleyball and they'll just show me the pictures of the guys who were men's beach volleyball and I totally remember those guys from four years ago yeah like, I remember rooting for those guys and not they're not even like the Michael Phelps people that have gotten famous they're just like the guys I remember from yeah them, me you too know? and I hardly even I hardly watch real sports <laughs> you know what I mean but um, but still you
0: have the pride of watching America do well yeah. you know
1: yeah 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 it's it's been really cool and did you watch the opening ceremonies at all no. This is this was maybe the coolest opening ceremonies I've ever seen, like honestly, it made me so interested in British stuff. Um, it was uh, and and they it started off with them they brought Kenneth Branagh out and he read from The Tempest, which you just can't beat that for me. <laughs> like I even said, if you go back and listen to our review of My Week with Marilyn, I even said like I would never give this movie a bad review just because it has a sequence where Kenneth Branagh reads from The Tempest. <laughs> and so for them to do that at at the uh, ceremony was really cool. Um, and there was a hundred foot tall Voldemort, which was stupid and no doctor who there was one, there was one moment where they played the doctor who, like the TARDIS sound, but they didn't have Doctor who show up. So that was a disappointment, but well, still who,
0: what, what doctor would they have show up? David Tennant, uh, Tom Baker,
1: I Tom Baker's still alive. I think they. you know, how cool would it be? He'll be, he's rumor has it. Tom Baker is going to be in the season. Of doctor who. Which I am excited about. But. Mm, I, like I said, I
0: saw one episode because Andrew Garfield was in it. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, you. I there's would, there's I pigs that run to. around, and you saw a bad a bad first episode. I could show you some episodes of that where you're like, oh okay, I, yeah, this is fun. Like it's just it's just wacky, old style sci fi. I like a tenant. He's good. He's really good. And um, uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Sylvester, uh, crap, McAvoy. Anyway, there's, one of the guys who played the Doctor is going to be in The Hobbit. Um, and now I can't remember his name. I feel ashamed. Hey, this opening ceremony is r- really great. That's what I was getting at.
2: You caught the last part of it, honey. Remember, I, I recorded it because I don't want to, like, because the commercials were written in it and then oh, I don't yeah. care about the, country, the countries walking through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that like the super tall Voldemort. I thought that was
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Um,
2: I it, actually, I, like I liked it better than had some artsy crap and the people on the bicycles with the wings. I was like, I don't, whatever, that's dumb. Yeah, but I like I liked it because it actually like. Made sense and it was very British and David Beckham was driving the boat the entire
1: time, <laughs> looking very dapper. <laughs> there were, yeah. There was a, uh, the whole thing of like starting off with pastoral. Eng- anyway, we're going on too long about this, but starting off with pastoral England and then building up like the industrial age and stuff—that was really cool. They paused. Yeah, cool story. What did you watch this week? Anyway, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so I went. I went. And saw Amazing Spider-Man again. Mm-hmm. Man, that movie's still good. Yep. All I gotta say. I did see The Dark Knight again. I forgot. Oh yeah. Yeah. That movie's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay okay um and uh i rented underworld awakening partially because you know we i was getting strangely excited for total recall and i was like okay i man i forgot that there was that underworld movie that came out i Mm -hmm. should go see that uh was disappointed to find out that it wasn't a len wiseman movie though how would he have even made two movies in a year um and uh, that movie is a mess like i am somebody who will defend and really likes that first underworld movie and the second one is it's all right, but it's sort of convoluted and silly and overly gory. Um, I never saw the third one, but I have even this one—I uh, <laughs> was actually told uh, Mick and RJ. I was talking to him earlier, and Mick said he actually really likes the third one. But so maybe I will. But this one, you can tell that there are four different credited screenwriters on this movie. Oh, yeah. Like it just goes all over the place. I don't know why things are introduced. It's, the action's not really that good. The CG is awful. Um, even. Like, Kate Beckinsale sort of just phones it in, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's not the best actress in the world, but when she needs to, she can be pretty dang good. Well, yeah, when she's, you know, I like when she's an an action star. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, I don't know, I can't recommend anybody go see that movie. Like, even if you're somebody who, if you're like me, where you liked that first one, and thought, man, they they could really make this into a cool, genre-y kind of Matrix movie with some cool action in it, this does not succeed. Um, so that was a shame, uh, but the big one for this week—I've been hunting it for weeks. I finally got a DVD copy of *The Spanish Prisoner* in, uh, which is the last David Mamet movie that I wanted to watch before I did my big article about him. Uh, and I still think that movie is really good. It's maybe the twistiest movie that he's ever written. You know, there's there are so many things like, because it's about this guy who is getting conned and. Almost, uh, in fact, Mick and RJ had watched it, and Mick was saying like he, he feels like it's those con- the the twists are a little bit predictable, um, but I I still think it's pretty entertaining. Um, Campbell Scott is awful though. <laughs> I forgot how bad Campbell Scott is. Uh, this is a movie where David Mamet always has these Boy Scout characters in his movies, almost more often than not, um, and in this case, that's really important because the whole idea is that like. At the beginning, he's invented this thing, uh, and these guys are going to try and steal it from him, and he's a total Boy Scout, so he's overly trusting of these people, and that's what gets him in trouble. And then halfway through the movie, he's got to learn like to stop trusting people and get suspicious of things and figure this out so he can save himself from being you know, totally conned out mm-hmm. of everything he's done and basically destroyed and probably sent to jail. Um, but early in the movie, he comes off as a jerk because... There are lines that Campbell Scott just totally drops, um, and then later in the movie he just seems sort of aloof, rather than having really figured it out. Uh, but the script I think is fantastic. There, there are simple lines, especially lines that Ricky Jay delivers, that are like memorable lines. If you're if you're a big Kevin Smith fan, you've heard him talk about this movie because he will repeat the line, um, uh, "Worry is the interest paid in advance on a debt that never comes due." Which is like, if Shakespeare had said that, we would be carving it into little wood plaques and hanging it over our <laughs> doors. Like It's a brilliant line that will probably last longer than David Mamet's life. Um, it's a cool movie. If you can find a way to get a hold of it, I definitely suggest checking you know, I'm it out. Get I'll rent it bit. around. <laughs> you yeah. let me borrow it? <laughs> I'll rent it around. It's pretty good. Uh, oh, and speaking of J. Michael Straczynski, I forgot to say this, he's one of the credited writers on Underworld
0: Awakening. Is he really? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. He probably brought in the part of the the child and that it was born fucking him. It pisses yeah. me off. And yeah, how weird was it that Scott Speedman stand in? Like you could totally tell him. Oh it yeah, wasn't that's right, him? I forgot to talk about that. Like, yeah, yeah, well no, it was weird. like they
1: just sort of CG'd Scott Speedman's face over him in the ice. Yeah. Because they did the same effect earlier when she was in the ice. Where mm-hmm. like you could tell it was just like a sort of her face hovering inside the ice, it was not really her naked inside the ice. Which is which wasn't even ice. It was like glass and she was frozen as... I don't know. That made no sense. Yep. Ugh. Anywho. And why did her daughter have a British accent? I don't
0: know.
1: Brit- having a British accent is not genetic. <laughs> Just gonna throw be- that out there. Because that actress is also on
0: um, Secret Life American Okay, we're done She's talking to her. Uh Terrorized
1: in that movie but if you watch her in that show like fucking
2: god awful Uh, my guess is like you know what you you sound really stupid
0: when you talk you talk with a British accent maybe you'll sound smart class it up with
1: a British accent Uh, yep yep. yeah that movie is garbage but the Spanish Prisoner is pretty dang good so I'm excited to see it yeah and man I like me some David Mamet so go read go read my article about my favorite David Mamet when are you going to publish that article it's already up on the site is it really yeah it is Nice. Trailers and everything. yeah. And they're... this cool picture that I threw together where I made
0: transparent. Anyway. Wow. You really <laughs> went all out. I'll have to check that out. I did. I did. So, hey, I should check out James's David Mamet yeah. uh, article. Good good, good for you. Thank you. Hopefully it'll be as popular as my Robert Downey Jr. One. It, it won't be because nobody <laughs> gives a shit about David Mamet.
1: But I tagged it with a bunch of stuff like writing and The Lost Masterpieces of Pornography, which is a short film that he did for... Uh, for Funny or Die, which was really good, with uh, Kristen Bell and Ed O'Neill. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's like an old black and white porn movie, and it's introduced by Ricky Jay as if he's like, he's doing his his best Alfred Hitchcock talking about like trying to preserve old pornography, and then Kristen Bell plays uh, something like the slut of the Supreme
0: Court. Nice. It's real, oh, man. It's so funny. You know how I love Kristen Bell. I do. What what's what's up with um Brad saying her eyes are goofy? Did, I don't know. He's crazy, man. He's weird. Brad, you know what? Shut the fuck up. You're you're hey, done talking hey, on hey, that's this that's podcast. So yeah. <laughs> Stop Wait, it. Can I do the
2: new Brad? But he edits it still.
0: No.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we'd have to get you a real mic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so
0: that's what we've been watching. Yeah, this week. Um, Brad's not here, so I don't know what Comic Con interview he wants to do. Uh, I so, don't know.
1: He's just going to throw one in. Yeah, so enjoy so we'll whatever
0: we're listening to. Or, you know what, Brad? Don't edit it in. I don't care. Because I can't remember one. How about... Oh, that first one that we did with the girls. Oh. Um, uh
1: The one was oh, dressed yeah. up like Lo- Lady yeah. Loki. You and the what? other one we'll was, one. was uh, Black Widow. We'll do, they were cool. Yeah,
0: we'll do the really cool girls that were dressed up as Lady Loki and Black Widow. We have none of their information in front of us,
1: so we don't remember them. We're other sorry. Other than we remember how cool they were dressed up.
0: Yeah, and they, she followed us on Twitter. And she oh, yeah. tweeted us. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brad, you should introduce them. I'll I'll give you a job. (laughs) Yeah. Sucker. Or don't. Whatever. We'll call them Lady Loki and Black Widow. Their costumes are very good. They were really good. And their costumes the next day were really good, too. Hi, ladies. My name is Ryan. We run the Real Nerds Podcast. We do a podcast every week about movies and comic books. And you two ladies are our first guests at the 2012 Denver Comic-Con. Now... You're Natasha, correct? Yeah, Natasha Nichols,
2: it's my cosplay alias.
0: Oh, okay, cool, sweet. So why don't you tell our listeners what you are dressed as?
2: Um, Okay, I'm Black Widow today. It was kind of a last minute closet cosplay, but... Yeah, you you pulled it off. Thank you.
0: Very well. And next to her is Morgan. Hey, Morgan. What are you dressed as?
2: I am Lady Loki. Actually, we swapped our cosplays uh-huh. uh, today. Will be reversed tomorrow. Yeah. Really?
0: That's yep. fun, though. You got it. You got to keep it interesting. So I mentioned Lady Loki, and a lot of people don't know that she is in the comic books mm-hmm. it because. Is canon. It is because Loki changes his shape mm-hmm. yeah, depending Loki. on the. Go ahead, you talk, not oh, me.
2: Oh, God, yeah, I'm a huge Loki nerd. This is terrible. Loki's actually put into Sip's body. Um, and so Loki's a woman for a little bit. So, of
0: did course. you enjoy Siege then?
2: Yes. I think both
0: of
1: the yeah. best. you did?
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, did you read the one shot Loki Siege? Because that was did. a really. That's my favorite one shot from the little uh, yeah. spin-offs they had because yeah. it was very interesting. And I love Mephesto.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's been a bit hit and miss with the spinoffs, but that was yeah. one that was really good. I wish it was more than a one-shot.
0: I agree, because yeah, yeah. Loki and Mephesto together, rocks.
2: Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So what are you going as tomorrow, then? Um, you're going Loki, right? And, and I'm going to be Black Widow. So you're switching. Then are you yep. doing something different on Sunday, too?
2: Yeah. I- um, I'm going to be the TARDIS. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to be Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Awesome.
0: So we'll look forward to that. Thank you for stopping by. We won't wait, take wait, too much. Wait, wait, L- I, ha- okay. I,
1: have to, I have to ask, how did you build the TARDIS costume? What is it made of? It's
2: outfit? actually just going to be a blue dress with the embroidery on it, but I'm pretty sure that people will still get it. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that is too cool.
2: We're excited <laughs> yeah. and we're expecting a lot of shouts of Haysex and stuff. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. <incredible. laughs>
0: and that's what we're going for, right? Exactly, yeah, Tardis well, Jones. Well, well, you are sexy. This is James from Real Nerds. Ladies, thank you so much for yes. stopping by. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, Real Underscore Nerds, and you can see when you will be on our podcast Yay. as the very first people from Thanks. Denver Comic Con 2012.
2: I will actually toss you a follow right
0: now. Awesome, <laughs> Thanks. awesome. Yes. Thanks, ladies. Yeah, have thank
2: fun. You. Thanks, you
0: too. Yeah. Oh, was oh, fun. Do you have anything you want to promote while you're here? Do you, you have any, you. like, Twitter? Sit down. Sit down. Sorry. I, um, Don't go anywhere.
2: Oh, let's see. A couple of you actually probably follow my Twitter. But um, okay. I have a few friends who run a gaming website. It's okay. called Save Game Online. They do podcasts, reviews, and recently did um, a special on gaming cocktails, which um, my friends Tash and Jen and Kim actually all experimented with Made, and it took a few months they're kind of an up-and-coming thing but they're amazing and you should check them out awesome we will i used to write for them
0: so awesome that is awesome so thank you so much for taking time again sorry i rushed you off and i'm glad you had something to promote here
2: (laughs) i do too actually okay go um i'm directing a film with uh quince and company it's going to be a short steampunk western um you can find it on Clayton nickel films it should be done by the end of the summer awesome great that's
0: awesome brad here our producer makes movies too awesome (laughs) <laughs> and she's amazing. Loki, Natasha, yep. thank you. You ladies are very beautiful. Thanks. Thanks too. Have a nice day. Thank you too. Awesome.
1: That was a really great interview. It was.
0: We did such a good job with that It was one.
1: actually really nice of them to go, because they were the first
0: people we talked to, and they, it were, was. they were totally cool about, it. like,
1: yeah, we'll talk on the podcast. It was the first sign where we were like, hey, people are going to actually enjoy this thing we're doing.
0: I know, and then people were lining up and really wanted to be on the podcast, so thanks everybody yeah. at the Denver Comic Con. We appreciate it. Absolutely. per huge. This week, we saw a Total Recall. Are you recalling it right now?
1: Uh, no, I've already, <laughs> I've already forgotten. It.
0: Hey, uh, James, should people go see Total Recall?
1: Dude, absolutely. Like, uh, if you haven't seen the other cool action movies that are out right now, yeah, I guess go see those. But no, you should totally check this movie out. It's
0: really cool. Surprisingly, I thought it was really cool too. So, yeah. um, because it's, a, you're always worried. Yeah. Um, oh no, I was because a movie that definitely didn't need to be remade got remade to be. Not bad. Laura obviously didn't like I'm gonna, it because she's laughing at us right now.
1: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I have never really liked the original Total Recall. Hey. Don't, don't, don't think it's a great movie, and I'm fine with the fact that they remade it. But uh, anyway, yeah. let's go ahead and roll the trailer. Yeah, trailer, please. Are you actually happy with how your lives turned out?
2: I know this isn't what we had in mind when we were younger, but who gets everything they fantasize about, right? Hey, what do you know about Recall? Stay away from them. What's with your mind, man?
1: You seem like you're looking for something. Is it this? You're gonna wish you had three hands. <laughs> I'm looking for recall. Remember to have a good time. Tell us your fantasy. We'll give you the memory.
0: What is it? What's wrong? Oh,
1: this all a mistake. Nobody. I went to recall after work. What? And I killed them.
2: Whatever happened, we're going to get through it. It's okay. All right. I can't break Come on. you crazy! What are you doing? My job. Our marriage. What can I say? I give good wife. This is going to be hard for you to believe.
1: Whatever you think you remember, it's not real. This person you think you are now, it's all a lie. If I'd love me, then who the hell am I?
2: Get in. I've been looking for you everywhere.
1: This is my wife. You're married? It's safe to say we're separated. Here, you drive!
0: really here. You're still back at recall, strapped to a chair.
2: He's lying! shoot her! This is not a
0: delusion! Kill it, dammit! Shoot! How did he get activated? I want him alive. Tell
1: me what's going on. I'm just trying to recover what's in your head.
2: You're gonna need a on!
0: Hold on. Man, that Colin Farrell can just slide through anything, can he? Oh my god, I know. The action sequences in this movie are amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I always thought Lynn Wiseman was a cool director. Yeah, I, uh, I did too. I never had a problem with any things he's ever anything he's ever done. Um, and I'll, I'll Well if, I have problems with some of the things he's done, but I don't. Uh, I think they're fun. I think um, as a writer, he's not the best, but as a director, he's cool. No, you know I, what I thought was interesting about Underworld, and we brought it up, is yeah. that movie was shot for twenty three million dollars. Yeah. Well, and it looks way more expensive. Like
1: I said, I love the first Underworld movie. It's the second one where things get weird. Did he um, shoot the second one? Yeah, the second one is directed by Len Wiseman. I specifically remember because I remember an, art, an interview where he was talking about what it was like to film the sex scene between his wife and oh, Scott right. Speedman. Or no, actually, it was an interview with Scott Speedman about what it was like to be in an in, in, a, in a sex scene with the director's wife. But
0: that's you know, the, there's a in the second one, there's that great action sequence where that old vampire with the huge wings is chasing him on that truck, and I love the camera movements. In. And that is,
1: yeah, no, it is pretty good. But that's what I'm saying. I love the way he shoots things. I don't love the way, stuff he writes. My problem with that movie is, is what's
0: written. Anyways, we'll talk about Total yeah. Recall now. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it, it follows basically the same premise. I mean, the biggest difference yeah. is they don't go to Mars. And there's a um, there's a elevator. Yeah, that you can go from one side of the world to the other. Yeah, whatever, cool idea. Yeah, it M- works.
1: Like with any Philip K. Dick movie, like they they basically pluck out the neat ideas
0: and then just form an action movie around them, um, which works. It works. Really well. You know, uh, I was shocked when I read that this movie cost two hundred million dollars. It looks like it costs two hundred oh, million yeah. dollars. Oh yeah, it does. I mean, there's some scenes in there. Uh, even anytime they showed the the colony, and they the overall it looked yeah. amazing oh yeah
1: all kinds of extras and all you know uh, details everywhere that are fantastic and it's it's one of those things where it's like they could just have um, wide shot lots of wide shots of, of lots of CG and that's where the money goes mm-hmm. but it's not that like he yeah. does a lot he puts the camera in really cool places and shows you things in, in interesting ways that make it sort of dynamic and make that world feel very real yeah uh, it kind of has a a blade runner feel to it oh he he steals from everything in this movie um, there's there's little bits of mass effect there's little bits of blade runner yeah um
0: oh yeah Mass a Effect. Little, totally yeah oh Dude, yeah yeah you those know those robots are the mass effect that, robots. and when they, he went into the uh sleazy part of town where there's all those dancers and the neon lights mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's where you meet the bounty hunter yeah exactly
1: exactly um, uh I, which i mean a lot of that is just classic sci-fi tropes you know um I don't know what movie was the first movie to presume that in the future everything looks like it's set in China. Uh, <laughs> or like industrial China. I don't know if Blade Runner was the first one to do that, but um it's it's not new, but it, it's also still fun.
0: Yeah, no, I you know, I thought it was cool and it you know, it's kind of a pretty hardcore PG thirteen movie. There's three boobs in this it movie. It really is. I
1: did not expect that was gonna I happen. So. I
0: thought she was gonna have like a bra on because you saw the yeah maybe. Uh, yeah, you, you saw, yeah, you yeah, saw yeah, the you trailer and, you know, they only shot, obviously, you shot it from that, uh, like, neckline above. And you're like, oh, right. man, they're just doing a cheap way out because they want people to be like, oh, yeah, not remember which, that in the first one.
1: It always bugged me that it was even in the trailer because it's just fan service. Yeah, like, it exactly. shouldn't even be in uh, There's not even really mutants in this movie, so why is there a three-breasted yeah. chick? Well, because it's, it's just an homage to that original mm-hmm. movie. Um, but it's crazy you actually see them and they're totally prosthetic, which maybe that's
0: why they get away with it. Yeah. Because you see them and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, a,
1: that's just a chess piece.
0: Well, I mean, they got away with in Titanic, so if if I was um, Lynn Wiseman and I turned it in, they gave me an R, I'd just hit up Titanic. Like, she seriously is sitting there for, like, ten minutes without a top on. Yeah. And just because it's And this Titanic, is, like, a
1: fraction of a second. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't hardly see anything. You're just like, oh, those are fake, and then it's gone. And then they say the F-word once. I mm-hmm. was amazed, though. I couldn't believe it.
0: And it was cool that, you know... Um, Kate hey, Beckinsale's character you know she had the American accent at the beginning but when she was evil she turned British she's oh, she
1: so badass in this movie yeah
0: she is maybe the best I've ever seen Kate Beckinsale in an
1: action movie
2: her hair is amazing
1: <laughs> her hair <laughs> is amazing like yeah. actually
2: Sierra and I were talking about it, it she fights and she shoots guns and runs around and it's never tinkled. and it's still got Always that like, little curl perfectly, like the loose wig.
0: <laughs> the yeah. Yeah. No, no. The uh, the fight between her and Jessica Biel in the elevator was pretty badass. Oh
1: yes, that elevator fight yeah. is fantastic. No, no. There's a lot of people sliding on their knees in this movie, and it's the coolest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> the The fight sequence in their like apartment is so cool. Whoever designed that room to be like a series, it's almost like the room itself is multiple steps. Mm-hmm. And so when they fight from one step to the next, they're on different planes. Oh, it's so cool. Well, and
2: actually, like if you think about like every action sequence is like that. Like they're in the apartment, yeah. and there's different levels, but then there's different levels in like the
0: buildings, in the buildings itself. In the elevator, like yeah. I know Len Wiseman is such a fan of uh, the camera flare now, too. Or the oh, Lynn yeah. Flare. No,
1: no, I was I was going to bring up, like, if you're somebody who, who doesn't like J.J. Abrams for flares, Len Wiseman uses way too many flares and doesn't quite know how to use them. But it, they, they're, were you know... Some of them looked cool, but yeah, early I on... It. Actually,
0: I liked when they were um, entangled in things. It kind of had, like, the... Yeah. Uh graph kind of look to them yeah um, yeah, yeah. i did like when cool. there was like a there'd be a series of lights and so it would almost be a bar of light those were kind of cool but early on there was way too many yeah yeah, of yeah. Them. um yeah but, is was that your biggest problem with the movie did you have a lot of problems with the movie at all mm, mm, uh,
1: honestly not really like i um there are a few scenes that i think like the scene when the friend shows back up again and is trying to convince him, like, this is all a dream. Mm-hmm. That scene ki- is kind of languid. Like, it just goes on a little bit
0: too long. Yeah, but I still um, thought it was kind of interesting. But I thought like, it was, like, kind of intense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is
1: it, it's sort of this long question of, like, well, maybe, you know. Even though you kind of know how it's going to end. The movie is not very ambiguous, um, but that is the one scene where you're like, okay, I,
0: the truth is I don't know that any of this is real. Yeah, until you know. he until they, I mean they ruined it at the end when he says kill her and he's like yelling at him and like dude, obviously it's yeah. He's you know been sent there and yeah. Um
1: but oh, I was going to say that the shot right before there there are two shots in this movie that I love and one of them is right before that elevator sequence when uh Kate Beckinsale is running at the camera and the doors of the elevator are closing and she's like she starts sliding on her knees mm-hmm. to try and get in the door before it closes and it doesn't and she slides over the top the camera just pans up and she slides over the top of the elevator and into the elevator and you're like oh it's so cool yeah, cuz it only end. it feels like oh they've gotten away for this one second and no it no they didn't um and then the other one is just there is this it's in the the sequence after he finds out that she's bad and they fight in their apartment, and he starts running away. And there's this wide pullback shot. It, it looks like a video game where there's just these little house pods sort of on different levels. Uh, again, sort of like a series of stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see like him over here running through some obstacles and trying to get away. And her over here trying to catch up to him. Uh, and that shot is just so cool. I don't know how they did it. I'm, I, know, I, I know it's all CG, but I don't know. I don't know what stuff is practical and what stuff is all just green screen, but... uh.
0: Yeah, I I watched uh, Spoilers with Kevin Smith this week, and he had Len Wiseman on there. And Kevin was talking about how, you know, he's... You know, he says, all right, you two are talking, there's my camera. But he said how Len would really map out where the camera's moving, what this camera's doing. He'd have, like, three or four cameras going at the same time. So, yeah, you can see that. I mean, he has things where the camera's moving and, and... he gets some amazing shots. He does. And it's it's cool because, like, the thing
1: that excited me about that trailer where there would just be little snippets of, like, like that scene in their apartment where they're fighting, and I was like, oh, there's something cool about the way he's mm-hmm. shooting that. There's something cool about where he's got the camera. And it was getting me excited, and it totally delivers. Um, I mean, there there's some little corny stuff, and there's some things that, like, that are traditional action movie moments. There's... Yeah. You know, yeah, like why he didn't kill
0: Jessica Biel when he took her? I mean, why is he keeping? Yeah, her alive? yeah, yeah. Why do
1: they keep Jessica Biel alive? Why in this in the scene where they're gonna give him his 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 dreams back? How come everybody important leaves and is just like, hey, how you know? How about we let these guards take this guy out? Like there there are moments like that, but it's like okay, I I have to forgive that because I've forgiven so many other movies of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just stands out in this one a little bit more, uh, because it feels so deliberate. Um, they don't have a good excuse for it. But man, I I can't believe how excited how how much fun I was having. Yeah, it was
0: just a fun movie. I mean, it's and I think you're right. I think the coolest person, I think Kate Beckinsale was the best part of the movie.
1: I mean, Colin Farrell was cool, yeah.
0: but I mean, it's kind of cool seeing Kate Beckinsale being badass. She's so,
1: yeah, I, I mean, honestly, between the two villains, the other one being C- Brian Cranston, I was way more impressed with her.
0: Well, yeah, because Brian Cranston, I mean, he's just giving the guys like, hey, I'm the bad guy. This is yeah. what I'm gonna do. Yeah, he wasn't
1: given much. And then the fact that he actually has a fight sequence is, at the end is kind of And that he's badass. Corny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When all of a sudden he's, like, fighting with a knife, I'm like, no, 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 no. What the fuck is this? Uh, yeah, no. Uh,
0: that, that's the only part, actually, the, one of the few parts of the movie where its it stretched credibility for me. Because yeah. at the beginning you have Colin Farrell literally take out ten armed dudes. Yeah. And then he just can't take out one old guy. Come yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: No, I agree. And because they didn't kill him in the cool enough way. Like, no. you have a giant Earth bullet. You have to have somebody fall to their death on the giant Earth bullet. You know? Yeah. No, nah, you can't just stab him and then leave him there. There had to be a wily e. Coyote moment where you <laughs> drop the giant bullet and and Brian Cranston just sort of
0: stays there for a second and then drops. Like, that needed to happen. <laughs> so the bullet um, falls faster than him, so he's, like, suspended in it's, air. It's and pulled by magnets through the Earth. Yeah. No. Well, no. No. No, it's, no. It's not a thought bubble, honey. Wiley Coyote holds up a sign. Yeah. Oh, that's this, this is true. This chick, I, I might divorce her. <laughs> no. Um, Actually,
2: like speaking of reaction, I loved that there was like two hot badass chicks in this movie. Yeah. And they kicked each other's ass. Of, yeah. A lot of times, like the, my favorite example is when we saw Salt with yeah. Andrew and she was so skinny that I was like, I don't believe you can kick ass. Yeah. But in this movie, they were like, you look at Jessica,
0: Jessica Biel's arms, like... She oh, yeah, totally her arms. her arms. I was looking at like, those. Like, she was
2: curvy
0: and buff, and it was awful. Jessica Biel has arms? Totally. No, but, you know, even the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it was cool, too, when, you know, you're talking about the chicks kicking ass when he... Oh, got, yeah. When she turns, you find out, well, you knew Kate Begginsale was going to be bad, but... Yeah. Um, and she says i haven't even tried to kill you yet and she does that like <sighs> flip over and starts kicking his ass like, oh, that, trail, she... that 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 line was cool in the trailer when mm-hmm. she
1: delivers it in the movie it's way cooler yeah. oh man cuz it, it even she delivers on that like her character delivers on that because yeah. then the next section of that fight sequence is even more
0: intense i think it's always cool too when they don't make women like weaklings you oh, know yeah. you know cuz he, cause he could, it was a lot of movies sometimes they easily, easily overpower him or something this one no she she yeah. was kicking his ass, yeah. and he had to run away from her. And even
1: though, even though Jessica Beale, you know, in a lot of ways is still just that like uh, romantic interest character, there are plenty of times where she saves his life or shows up with a giant jet and shoots things. Mm-hmm. And like uh, she, when she first shows up, she does that cool like I'm gonna point my gun out the window and blow this car up with my gun sequence, which is great. I love her. Oh man, I have a, I have a little bit of a girl impression on
2: her. I love her. I, she's awesome.
1: I I don't think she's the best actress, but. She is, she is good enough. <laughs> you know.
2: She's good enough and she's hot
0: enough. enough. Yeah, I can forgive. I can forgive She's good enough, she's hot enough, and gosh darn it, people like her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody? Saturday Night Live? Early 90s? No? Uh, just no. me? <laughs> I, no. Yep. Yep. Once John Belushi died, I was done.
1: Yeah? Um, Were you alive
0: when John Belushi died?
1: No. <laughs> but I had parents who
0: showed me lots of old SNL. Anyway, anyways, I yeah. So go see to Total Recall. Absolutely surpri- surprising. You know, I've been surprised with some movies this year. Battleship's yeah. one of them. Total Recall's another one. <laughs> oh my god, Battleship! Um, oh, this so is better than Battleship. I yeah, I have to
1: say by far. That,
2: like, I, I started in a theater. I have to say, and I would not even this movie. And so they go to this place where there's Houston with a nuclear fallout because they can't live there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah
0: there's all the shit. yeah.
2: So everyone has the gas mask on, and they have like this like. Know, gas sealed. masks that look
0: like Sub Zero's mask. That's right. pretty cool. Yeah. They
2: have, like, they, they have like, a sealed building. They have to go in and get depressurized and stuff. Yeah. But then when shit goes down and bad guys come in, they break all the windows and no one has a gas mask on and it's cool. It's fine. Don't worry about well, it. Well, Laura,
0: I think you're forgetting right. the part that they're inside of a building. That's. They
2: break the window.
0: Yeah, right. but not from the outside. There was gas. Right.
1: There was gas coming in those windows. Yes. There and they was came gas back coming in.
2: walks in, no gas.
1: But it wasn't like the outside; it was pressurized, and so when you break the glass, like fumes are just gonna start flooding in <laughs> like smoke. Like it's just it's gonna take a while to diffuse in and out. There, nobody was running a ceiling fan. Like it was gonna, it was gonna be okay. I don't know;
2: it bugged
1: me. Also, you can't put a mask on Kate Beckinsale because then she's less pretty. Yeah, so. her hair though. So Duh, you. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but can't it can't bug can't. did bug me. But I know for a fact that they they pumped smoke in so that like when those guys would walk in their their feet and stuff were were bringing little bits of orange smoke in with them so they were addressing that issue they just didn't need Sometimes the room people to be take away so with. much
0: fun from movies
1: I mean yeah, I it could have added something cool to that action sequence if like all of a sudden there was there was smoke you know this orange yeah. smoke coming along in the ground and they had to oh we got to get mess on really quick but um Meh. well
2: and then too like any like they're you an impression of they're riding that subway that it's just a few hours or whatever from the city. Yeah. Like pollution is almost like pee in a pool. Is that even if like you're not next to the kid who's peeing, you're still saying it is pee. Like a while like <laughs> a little <laughs> while away.
0: So like even they like, have well, you gas maybe there's a force field around the a the city. Seal,
1: a yeah. Time. Well but if they could invent if they the truth is, when Mick and RJ and I were talking about this in the car, it's like, okay, if you can create a train that goes through the earth, <laughs> how come you can't create a giant dome and pump all the bad smoke out of the dome? Or just
2: like a, a giant negative pressure. But maybe,
0: but maybe they did do that, and it was only in London, and they haven't no, had up to No, you're right. <laughs> see, I don't <laughs> know. If, if you're going to... the part
2: that took me out of it. Yeah. Of it, like, I got like, you. He I he got you. And the action is very really cool, but that part...
0: I
1: See, if stuff you're, like that never takes me out of. If movies. you're gonna get nitpicky though, how about this? They have this. They have this underground train, right? It goes from Europe to Australia, and in order for those two things to line up, they have to have it exit pretty much in the center of Australia. Now, when they do a wide shot of the colony, there's a bay,
0: like they're in Sydney or something, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. But I don't give a shit. Yeah, see, I don't care about shit like that. <laughs> like uh, my friend Brandon is trying to tell me how he couldn't get wrap his head around Iron Man because how could Tony Stark build uh, a suit of iron in that cave? I'm like, really dude, it, it, it's a comic book movie. Uh he's got no, he's got crazy crazy Saudi Arabian technology with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: Like it almost sucks in a way because having like a science background, like I can't help but think about stuff like that like in every case. So it ruins movies for me. And books and things like I can't I don't like fantasy I don't like science fiction because I'm like you know what can happen you know
0: I'm in the restaurant industry and Steven Seagal being a chef and under siege did not ruin under siege for me well I could <laughs> well I could
2: no, but every restaurant I go to with you you're always picky like oh they should be doing that differently <laughs>
1: Well, I, I could fall back on the the joke I made last week about how the watch is inaccurate to the way that a Costco is run, but what I will actually <laughs> say... I'll give you the answer that I've given everyone every time they complain about this, which is that uh, where you have problems with when there's science in movies, uh, I was trained as a writer, and every movie has writing in it, so every movie is like that for me. Um, so every time that there's a thing where you're like, oh, you fell back on that old trope, that bugs me and pulls me out of movies. So... You get
2: no sympathy from me. Well, and this movie actually wasn't that bad because they didn't, like, try to explain yeah. anything. Oh, absolutely. The movies, like, I think my favorite example is Splice, where yeah. they sort of explain things and they just fuck them up. Yeah. Like, they use real actual science and then just, like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, that's what I have a problem with. This movie, that particular part, I was like, you should be reading mm.
0: right cool now. Cool story, and and the, Laura. And, the,
1: and the, best, the best Philip K. Dick movies are the ones where they just... They they take the cool ideas out of a Philip K. Dick story and then, you know, make an action movie around them. You know, yeah, even even story. even Paycheck man, Paycheck is not a great movie. It's I not, been but it's
0: pretty dang fun. It you know would be awesome if I was singing this when every time I see the Argo trailer, if yeah. it says you know says from the director of the town, and I I, I would every time I see it, I said I wanted to say from the director of the town. And the star of Phantoms, <laughs> dude. If if, oh. if Ben Affleck was still as cool as he used to be, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, no, he should he should totally do that. I, I'm always surprised that it says from the director of the town and not from the director of Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, because I think anybody who's seen those two movies like would be more gone impressed baby Gone Baby Gone. Anyway,
0: anyways, you can follow us on Twitter, Real Underscore Nerds. You can email us directly, Real Nerds at gmail dot com. Hey, visit our website. You can check out James' awesome article, Real Nerds Podcast dot com. You can also go to realnerds.tumblr.com. It'll take you to the same site. You can call us seven two zero six nerds five. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Next week we're seeing The Bourne Legacy, which is kind of the same movie, I guess. Oh yeah, except it's not sci-fi. And I'll probably uh, see the campaign. You say too. you
1: say that. Just or hold your tongue on that.
0: There might be some sci-fi in them. Well, either. I guess you know. I guess at the end of well, yeah, the ultimatum where you kind of find out where he's from is. Kind well, of and in kind the, the in the
1: in the trailer, they're talking about you know genetic, weird genetic stuff and putting chemicals in him. I'm just I saying. See it for that
0: reason. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'd rather go see it by myself. You ruin movies for me. <laughs> <laughs> I cause love she's my always, wife. It's because she's always talking through them, man. <laughs> I know, right? Anyways, uh, till next week. Bye. Bye. I'm Brad. I don't say anything. Batman. Did you do realize your broad
2: voice is like the same as like Kremlin like cat voice. Is it?
0: I, I'm just trying to make Brad really. It's going to be really hard for him to edit this. He's going yeah. to. to Am I listening to this crap? He's like. <laughs> he's like. Oh fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. It's probably what he does when he's. I've been editing, editing for forty eight hours for the
1: forty eight yeah. hour film. Festival. No, film i have done the Now
0: it. I have to edit this fucking shit. You fucking dickheads. I'm gonna, Uh. I'm gonna get you back one day if you ever learn how to edit. (laughs) Fuck you, Brad. Yeah,
1: he's gonna just like not edit the show and tag it on at the end of next. Yeah,
0: totally. That'd be awesome. What a dick. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, I hope he wins. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, visits Multimedia. (laughs) He'll throw this
1: in like after the after (laughs) the end of music.